Welcome everyone. This is Jeff Cohn with the Wall Street Resource. Joining me is Paige Tucker. He's the CEO of ProStar Holdings. Good morning, Paige. Good morning. How are you? Good. Hey, so for those that aren't familiar with ProStar, um, can you just give us a quick overview of the company? Sure. So ProStar, we consider ourselves the world's leader in the development of precision mapping solutions. And what I mean by that is most people are probably familiar with Google Maps, which provides what's referred to as location services. You know, you're looking for either a hotel in an unfamiliar city or trying to find your way back to the airport. You get close enough to what you're looking for and you can see the signs, you can turn your app off and it's, it's done its job. Um, we're in the construction and engineering world where survey grade is what is required, which is centimeter accuracy. So we have developed a mobile and cloud application that works just on a standard smartphone or tablet that provides centimeter accuracy. And our real niche is the ability to locate where utilities and pipelines are located below ground and again down to the centimeter. Okay. So how big of a problem is this? What's the size of your addressable market? Well, to put things uh, into perspective, there's 35 million miles of buried utilities and pipelines in the United States. So there's 2.5 million miles of paved roads that crisscross our nation. So that gives you an idea of how big and how broad the underground infrastructure is compared to our surface infrastructure. And because of the infrastructure bill, which is basically $1 trillion, of which several hundreds of billions of dollars um, is actually being provided to improve our above-ground infrastructure. Everyone knows our roads, bridges, highways are becoming somewhat dilapidated and in serious need of repair and replacement. We have the same problem below ground, especially with water systems, sewage systems. We also know that we're expanding um, our broadband network. So without knowing where utilities and pipelines are buried below the ground, and we're going to have all that construction activity, there's a high probability that we could be hitting a lot of utilities and pipelines. And when you hit a utility or a pipeline, some bad things can happen. You can have serious flooding. You could have traffic delays for several hours. But in worst-case scenarios, for example, if you hit a big pipeline, you could have dangerous petroleum products that are seeping into our water systems, you know, our rivers and the oceans, hit a high-pressure gas line, uh, you could have an explosion, which happens far too frequently. Uh, when you have an explosion, you either have injury incurred by the worker um, or the public, and sometimes you have what we refer to as loss of life, and that is happening far too frequently as well, and that number is only going up every single year. Okay, so are you alone in this, or, or what does the uh, competitive landscape look like? Well, we are the pioneer. Uh, we're first to market, but uh, we're starting to see other companies that are starting to develop what we're doing. But I don't know of any other company that can get centimeter accuracy on a standard mobile device, do all of the calculations that are required and the data post-processing in the cloud and do that in a matter of seconds and then return that back out into the field or to the office. So there's a lot of things that go into it as far as asking, is there anybody else that's doing what we do? 
Uh, number one, I don't think anyone does it as quickly as we do, as accurately as we do. Plus, we're first to market, so we have a, a giant head start uh, ahead of anyone that uh, we would consider to be competitors. Okay. And you hear about um, Google Precision uh, and Google Maps. Is that a competitive threat as they get better? No, because as I mentioned, their interest is only focused on what we refer to as line-of-sight location services, and it's based on the GPS chip that's embedded in the mobile device, which is only accurate between about two to four meters. In order to get the level of accuracy that I'm referring to, which is centimeter accuracy, you actually have to pair to a precision GPS receiver that has the ability to provide centimeter accuracy. And we're actually partnered with almost all of the major manufacturers worldwide that provide the GPS hardware that will provide that level of accuracy. Okay. And then how about uh, DigAlert, the, the free service that cities offer or utilities offer? Uh, is that a competitor? Uh, are you referring to 811? Yes, exactly. Yeah, so just so you know, I'll just give you a background on that. So every state has an 811 center, and you're required by law to call into the 811 center and provide to them where you're going to be doing construction that will require digging activity. And then what they'll do is they'll notify the utility and pipeline companies that could be impacted by that construction that they have to come out and mark where their utilities and pipelines are located. And they use what's called an electromagnetic pipe and cable locating device that will locate where the utilities and pipelines are located the majority of the time. But the challenge is they put a paint mark down or a flag to indicate where that utility or pipeline is located. So there's no accuracy associated to that. In addition to that, you don't know if they located the correct utility line because they may have mistaken a fiber line for a power line or if they located a line at all because those paint marks can last up to a year. And sometimes what they'll do is they'll just paint over the old paint marks. But we actually tie into that process. So we work with the companies that manufacture the electromagnetic cable and pipe locating device. And instead of putting a paint mark on the ground with our flagship product, which is called Point Man, what we're doing is we're digitally capturing the information provided from that locate device about where the utility is located, how deep is it in the ground, what type of utility it is, what's the depth of cover, what was the method that you capture it. And then when you pair that with a precision GPS receiver, it gives you the precise geospatial location. So basically what we're doing is we're moving 811 from antiquated business practices that have been well entrenched for 30 years. We're moving them to digital, if you will, if that makes sense. And we're capturing the precise location of where the utility is and then all of the metadata that supports the quality and competence level that that utility was actually located using proper methods and geospatial technology. Okay. So is your technology protected? Uh, yes. In fact, we have 21 issued patents. These are issued patents that basically cover all of the methods that are required to digitally capture, record, and display where a utility or pipeline is buried below ground. Okay. And, and is, is it a software product or do you have a hardware component as well? No, we're a pure software company. 
um, and we work with the hardware manufacturers, um, you know, that are basically involved in either manufacturing the GPS equipment or the devices that are required to locate where the utilities are buried. Okay. And we have several so I, partners globally. So, oh, okay. Uh, who are some of your partners? Uh, well, our biggest partner is Trimble. We're an authorized business partner. That's the largest geospatial technology company in, in the world and leader in the manufacturing of both GPS equipment and surveying equipment. Okay. And then we're partnered with various others. Uh, Vibex MetroTech is a one of the large uh, manufacturers of the electromagnetic cable and pipe locating device. We recently had a company contact us that actually wants um, an OEM partnership that we're in discussions with where they actually want to sell uh, our point man software with the sale of every piece of hardware that they sell. But yeah, we have partners that manufacture the equipment um, you know, in various parts of the world. Okay. And any specific verticals or industries that you're targeting? Yeah, our main focus right now is the uh, construction industry, engineering and surveying, and also um, Department of Transportation. But we work in all the verticals that are impacted by not knowing where the buried utilities are, which is, you know, municipalities, um, utilities. We even have universities as clients. We have we have zoos as clients, large engineering surveying firms. Uh, one of the largest infrastructure construction companies in North America um, is one of our clients. And then we even have a, a state DOT agency that actually mandated our software in the state. Okay. And then how are you reaching these customers? What marketing channels? I, I, I know you mentioned you might have an OEM or the rest of them OEMs or, or how? No, we do. Uh, we have our own internal uh, marketing department. We're doing a lot of um, digital marketing, which is proving to be very successful. Uh, we advertise in various publications. We attend conferences. I'm often invited to be a guest speaker. So there's various platforms that we utilize. And as you mentioned, we also use the hardware manufacturers as distribution networks. So there's uh, several different platforms that we utilize. Okay, and, and how long has your, your product been on the market? So we started uh, the company in 2014 is when we incorporated. Then we developed our product, and then about three years ago, what we decided to do was to completely redevelop it again. We actually cannibalized our product because we learned so much by working with clients, industry partners, about some of the shortfallings that we had in our current platform. So we completely re-architected it and made it the most modern technology and mobile platform it could possibly be. In fact, the way that we've designed it, it works any in, anywhere in the world in any language. It can even pay for it in any currency. And we've started to expand globally. We just um, acquired our first customer, which is a large subsurface utility engineering firm in Australia. Okay. And, and so since you redeveloped the product, um, should we expect any additional big uh, capital expenditures? Uh, no, not at all. I think what we've done now is we have completely moved away from what you would consider um, R&D phase and life cycle of a technology company. Our product is very mature. It's being adopted in several, several different verticals. Uh, it's been proven 
to be very efficient and add significant value to the clients that we're working with. As I mentioned, you know, we even working with the state where they mandated our software. So where we are in our life cycle right now is just focusing on sales and, you know, capturing more market share and increasing our revenue. And so what percentage of the, of the market have you captured at, at this point? Well, it's hard to tell. I'm not sure exactly what the total addressable uh, market is because this is relatively new uh, in terms of the fact that the way that it has historically been done has been very antiquated, uh, well-entrenched business processes. The construction industry, which is basically the industry we're focusing on, is known as a lagger. They're actually ranked number, number 50 in the world. I would say that this market is in the total addressable market is in the, the tens of billions of dollars, and so far we've we've just touched the surface. I mean, we're just starting to see early adoption into the market, where these companies are starting to embrace a new technology. Our technology is disruptive, and anytime you try and change the current behavior of an industry, it can take a long time. But once it happens, especially when you're talking about a software application, you can see widespread adoption and potentially hit what we refer as a, uh, an inflection point where you start to see broad adoption quickly. And I think within the next 12 months, um, you know, I'm confident that we could see that inflection point. Okay. And so you, you make a sale. What, what's the average size? So that's a good question. So... When we first developed the product, um, it was an enterprise cloud solution that came with mobile applications, and our prices varied anywhere between about $100,000 to $300,000 a year. So we sell based on what's called an annual subscription. We're a a SaaS company, software as a service. When we redeveloped the product, one of the um, things that I posed on the development team was, I'd like to develop this, so instead of buying the enterprise product and getting mobile applications, I'd like to develop a mobile application that comes with the enterprise, and I'd like to keep the pricing below $5,000, which they said, that's going to be tough to do. Not sure that's ever been done before. Well, in fact, we did develop it. So that did two things for us that provided a significant advantage, which is number one, anytime you're selling a product to a company that starts out at $100,000 and they know that they're going to be integrating this into their business operations for many years, you're talking about you know, a million to multi-million dollar purchasing decision. The sales cycle is a long sales cycle because you have to talk to several people within the organization that could be impacted by it. The other thing is that you know, I would say somewhere between 75 to 80% of companies that are involved in construction and the municipalities and the utilities and excavating companies, engineering surveying firms, they're small mom and pa shops. This goes around the world. They can't afford that type of investment. So getting it down below $5,000 did two things for us. Number one, it significantly shortened our sales cycle, but it also exposed us to a much broader market where we could sell them a product that's inexpensive that actually gives them a competitive advantage against the larger companies that generally these type of products are reserved for. So today what we're doing is we start as low as $5,000 and you start with just a few licenses or a few users. And then as you want to grow and add this into other departments, then you can decide how many more licenses you want. But I would say on average, 
we're somewhere between about twenty to twenty-five thousand dollars per sale. Okay, and the revenue model—is um, it all recurring? Is it all SaaS, uh, or, or are you selling by the seat, or, or how do you? That's what's all. Your revenue no, model? It's, it's, yeah, it's 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 all SaaS. So it's it is based on seat licenses. So you buy the you buy the base. If you want to start out with the base, it's uh, about forty-nine hundred dollars. And what that does is that gives you both the cloud and mobile platform. So it gives you your own designated servers and you get three mobile applications with it. You get what's called a super administrator, which is the person that generally would manage the entire system. You get a field data collector, which would be the person that goes out and collects in the field. And then you also get a viewer for someone in the organization that just wants to um, you know, view the data. And then you can decide if you want to add more administrators, more field collectors, or more viewers. And then the pricing model is, for example, it's about $2,500 for an administrator per year. If you want to add uh, another data collector, it's $2,000 per year. And if you want a viewer, it's about $1,000 per year, per user. Okay. And, and gross margins, there's, I assume they're software-like? Uh, yeah, our gross margins are, are, are fairly high. They're in the uh, um, you know, over 80% gross margins. Okay, very nice. And then... Um, What's the, the gating factor in inhibiting uh, further growth? Is it just market acceptance or, or what? Uh, so I think what it is is there's, there's a few things. Number one, it's brand awareness. You know, we, 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 have to, we have to get the awareness out to the public on, on who we are and what we're capable of doing. Number two is a change in current methods and business practices, having an industry that's so well entrenched in their current business practices with the willingness to embrace new technologies. And it usually starts with early adopters, which you know we're now bringing on the early adopters. Once they start utilizing it and they can prove the value that we provide, and if it also gives them a competitive advantage over their competitors, then we'll start to see widespread adoption in the market. And we're starting to see early signs of that right now. I've got a customer that's a very, very small client uh, that adopted PointMan and then landed an RFP to go out and locate all of the gas distribution lines and gas main lines for one of the largest gas distribution companies in the United States an example is I think they're having to grow from three or four employees up to 50. So they got to buy 50 trucks, hire 50 new employees, and buy 50 more applications. And what they're doing is they won that. They were awarded that contract and won it based on what the services they were providing, which was PointMan. But there were several other very large national engineering and surveying firms that also responded to what's called that uh, RFP that weren't awarded it. And so all of a sudden, it's like, well, how did that small company get awarded that contract and we didn't get awarded it? And it turns out it's because of a new software solution they're using, which, of course, is our point man. So it's that type of activity where we're going to start to see much wider adoption in the market. Okay. So so I could see how uh, it's safer and prevent some liability on the uh, on the customer side but 
are they spending a lot more money to use your technology versus what the, they were previously doing? No, actually they're spending a lot less money. So what we can do with our software is a couple things. We're able to replace some of the current systems that they're using. We also create a significant amount of efficiencies. For example, we can reduce the amount of human resources that are required on these projects by up to 50%. And when you're talking, you know, engineers and surveyors, those are very, very expensive resources. So we can reduce the amount of expenditure they have on just the amount of people that they have to have on these projects. So no, it creates a significant amount of, uh, of cost savings and creates efficiencies in their workflow processes. Okay. So what are some of the drivers of your business? Is it adding sales? Is it the infrastructure bill or what? Uh, multiple things. For example, the American Society for Civil Engineers just came out with uh, new guidelines and standards that uh, are based on what qualifies data as good data that can be utilized to make business decisions based on where utilities and pipelines are located and those standards perfectly align uh, with our software so that's one of the drivers um, another driver is yes the infrastructure bill there's going to be hundreds of billions of dollars that are going to be spent on repairing our dilapidated uh, above-ground infrastructure, which includes, includes roads, bridges, and highways, as well as, you know, billions of dollars that are going to go towards expanding broadband, improving and repairing and replacing our water systems. And anytime you do construction either above ground or below ground, these two networks, our infrastructure above ground and below ground, are connected. You can't work on one or the other without impacting each other. So, if we increase the amount of construction that we have on our roads as well as our utilities and pipeline infrastructure, there's going to be a significant amount and in increase in damages if we don't have some type of method that can accurately locate where these utilities and pipelines are buried below the ground. And today, the way that we locate where they are is very antiquated, very inaccurate, and very inefficient, and point man's designed to address that issue. So I think the drivers we're going to see um, also include mandates. Like as I mentioned, um, the state of Colorado mandated point man into state law, where if you are installing or managing utilities and pipelines on a state right-of-way, you're required by law to use point man to identify the precise location of where those utilities are buried and provide that information back to the state and it's been so successful that we have other state DOTs that are now looking to adopt exactly what Colorado has implemented. That's a driver as well. We're just starting to see a lot of new standards, regulations, mandates, because this is a big problem and it needs to be addressed. Very good. So as we monitor the company uh, over the next 12 months, let's say, any um, upcoming events or catalysts to watch for? Yeah, we're starting to onboard um, some very large clients. As I mentioned, we're in discussions with um, hardware manufacturers about putting together uh, what an OEM relationship where they would start selling our software with the purchase of their hardware. I think we'll start to expand um, even into um, other countries 
We're starting to work with other hardware manufacturers that have major uh, imprints in other parts of the world. Um, I also started to uh, prosecute our patents. I've identified companies that I think are potentially infringing on our patents. We spent a significant amount of time and resources creating what is a very robust uh, IP portfolio. And so, you know, we're in the process now of enforcing our patents. And as I mentioned, there's also just a change in, um, you know, regulations and new standards. I think that those will be uh, drivers for us. And also the fact that we have a disruptive technology, and if it does what I think it's going to do in the market, and we're starting to see signs of the value that we can provide, we're starting to see broader adoption by large companies in multiple verticals, it could get to the point where, you know, we see a sudden inflection, if you will, in the amount of adoption that we're going to recognize in the market. And I think that's going to happen in, in the next 12 months. I think we're going to see a significant ramp up in adoption in the market within the next 12 months. And if I'm right about that, it should be backed up by press releases that proves that, you know, I call it adding logos. We're adding logos to our portfolio, which means we're onboarding a significant amount of clients and I think that will start to uh, ramp up. And if I'm right, then you'll see it in the press releases. Very good. Paige, is there anything that you wish I would have asked that I failed to ask or anything you want to leave us with? Uh, no, I think you asked some very good questions. You know, this is, this is a very, very exciting time for us. Anytime you develop a new product that is disruptive, sometimes it's really hard to pinpoint when you're going to start to see adoption, if you're going to see adoption at all. The fact of the matter is, is that we're starting to see uh, broader adoption in multiple verticals. And so this is actually pretty exciting times for us. And I'm very confident that over the next 12 months, we're going to see a significant ramp up of the adoption of Point Man in the market. So uh, no, these are exciting times for us and hopefully for our investors as well. Very good. Well, Paige, thanks for sharing the ProStar uh, story. appreciate it. Thank you very much for your time.